The jobs report came out today. Over 500,000 new jobs here in this United States of ours. Yet the market freaked out. It said, you know, uh, that's bad because that means interest rates are going to keep going up. The world is confusing. The Fed runs the world, and I run this show. My name is Peter Dunn. Hello. That's a great intro. I don't know if it was. Was that sincere? It was. I thought that was good. Oh, like a real show. Not me going... Um, Kristen Alanius is here. Hello, hello. Hello. Damon Dunn is here. Hello, Dame. You finally got it right. (laughs) What if your real name was Damon and your family had just been wrong? I... I don't know. Would I change my name? I, I, you know, I just insist that it's still pronounced that way. All right, here, here we go. This is the first. Hello, Danza. First topic of the day. You have to pick a new name. What name are you picking? You have to pick a new name. What name are you picking? Does anyone have an answer? Because I'll go first to buy you time if you need it. No, I, I got it. I, I, I have okay, it. We got it. When, when I was a kid, I I asked if I could change my name. So I've always had that one stuck in my I wanted to swap mm-hmm. my first name and middle name. I wanted to be Andrew Dunn instead of Damien Dunn. Well, then nobody... would that be Andy or Drew or just Andrew? I don't know. I, Andrew's pretty pretty cool. I like Andrew. But uh, yeah. Drew, Drewski, uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Kristen, what would you be besides Christy? Uh, well, Christy would be my first choice, but, um, one of the names that my parents had picked out, I always wanted to swap it for. So I always wanted to be Kendall. Whoa. Kendall Alanius. Mm-hmm. Kendy. Can we call you Kendy? Probably not, but, <laughs> uh, I think I'd go with like Charlie. Really? Like a, like a Chuck. I like Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Let's call me Chuck or Chachi. Ooh, Chachi. <laughs> Big Rick Swink off the top rope with Wolfgang. <laughs> Big Wolfgang Swink. Yeah. Wolfie. Wolfie. God, Rick, Rick Swink's sort of an icon. Can we, can we just do this? Like Rick Swink was the listener of the year last year. Can we just can uh, we do that? I would agree yeah, with that. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. All right, Rick, there you go. And it comes with nothing. You don't get anything. <laughs> Actually, let's switch let's my pocket. All right. So here are your choices. You can have a... A mostly used tube of uh, do you still lip ha- balm. Do you it's, still have that? The Pete, yeah. the, plan- the Pete the Planner lip balm? Is that still around the office? It's still around. It's Pete the Planner. It says, pucker <laughs> up and kiss your money hello. The Pete the Planner lip balm, which I think is funny. Uh, and then I have clear eyes, eye drops, not because I smoke marijuana cigarettes and I have to be clear eyed. It's because I'm a 45-year-old man with dry eyes. <laughs> So it's like I, I was thinking the other day if I got pulled over and I got and my pockets emptied and the, and I pull out Visine, the cops looking in the console, and I would oh, just yeah. say, "Look, I, I'm. It's not my. Just, that's not my thing, sir." Do you think you can really tell a lot about a person about what they carry in their pockets? Yes, you carry a Bowie knife. I. You carry the knife of a man who knows Krav Maga. Kristen, why don't women have things in their pockets? Because women don't Swiss have Army pockets. knife, Pete. 
women don't have pockets, but they'll no. tell you if their dress has pockets. Oh, they'll tell I, you. That's why, because it's a big deal. It's like, hey, look at this. I actually have pockets. Time out. Time out. <laughs> it's a flashlight when it's pockets. Okay, podcasters, we <laughs> have an issue. Sorry. <laughs> Dame, you have a you keep a flashlight in your pocket. Yeah, it's a habit from my uh, what I did before I started working for you. There were a lot of times I needed a flashlight to be able to see into, you know, darker spaces, and <laughs> I just okay, let's see the flashlight again. Don't 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 shine the camera. I just want to see the the girth of this thing. It's like a pen. You can see it's very well worn. What you? It looks like a lightsaber. You carry that every day. Most days. Is that why you always seem so happy to see me? Yes, it's exactly why. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You, you know that Rick, your phone... Rick has one. <laughs> you know that your phone has a flashlight. Not like this one. And a compass. Why, you don't need a flashlight. <laughs> like, like, damn. <laughs> okay, the knife I get. How many times have you used that flashlight this week? This week? Yeah, uh, your iPhone. Uh, a couple times. That your iPhone flashlight wouldn't have just gotten the job done. Have you ever tried to shine a light, an iPhone flashlight outside at night when you've got dogs outside? It doesn't go anywhere. There's no throw to the iPhone flashlight. If you want to be able to actually see any kind of a distance, you need an actual flashlight. iPhones are made well, to fill for pictures. But I have an actual flashlight. It's like a thousand lumens, but it's well, not like not. that. Yeah, this one's not oh, a thousand lumens. It's <laughs> come on. Dang, it, look. <laughs> You're a legend. You are an absolute legend. It's like I keep it's saran true. wrap in my back pocket. Like what? What is the, what other weird stuff? I, I keep circus peanuts mainly in the front left pocket. I can't believe I... you guys are shocked that somebody might have a flashlight in their pocket. That because is it, no, that is tell shocking. Me, tell me, tell me your uh, white collar bougie folks without telling me your white collar bougie folks. Okay. I'm wearing fashion camo. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait a second. <laughs> Okay, no, you're saying that people love the country. No, do not lump us oh, all wait. together. So, Kristen, you have a friend, and, yeah. and I, your, your friend is, you know, he's he's a he's a, he's a man, like a man. I want you to text yeah. him and ask him if it's weird if somebody carries a flashlight in their pocket. Yes. <sighs> does, does he carry a flashlight in his pocket? He carries. He probably doesn't carry it in his pocket because he. <laughs> Has a Milwaukee pack out that goes everywhere he goes. So he has like a whole toolbox that goes everywhere he goes. I don't have a need to carry a toolbox everywhere <laughs> I go. I carry a few select tools in my pocket and I'm I'm comfortable with that. I used to carry a, a tiny Fisher space pen in my pocket as well. Those were the three things that hit my pockets every day. A small knife, a Fisher space pen, and a flashlight. I will note if you go to a fine dining restaurant, it's hard to read the menu. So I do have a ambient light of my iPhone to help read them. <laughs> hey, like, okay, so Rick Swink says, a real listener of the year, 2022, wallet, keys, how, Rick, how big are your pockets, brother? Wallet, keys, flashlight, folding knife, Leatherman, um, chapstick, yeah. lighter, pen, handkerchief, lighter. jacuzzi, mm -hmm. watch, storage locker key. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I added that last one. Um, okay, here we go. Jason Rick, says what? I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but I would venture to guess that Rick at one time worked a job that had a lot of pockets. I'm thinking about a very specific career and Rick just can't let that go. Um, 
That's exactly. There it is. <laughs> there it is. You got to fill the pockets. <laughs> yeah. Rick just uh, let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. The Duluth cargo pants mm-hmm. has 13 pockets. Uh, Jason <laughs> noted he carried one on his belt in a previous job. I can't think of one time when I needed it outside of the home or car since then. Yeah. C. Uh, uh, Fultz says, Mr. Pete, since your hot take on sports betting apps, I haven't been the same. I too loathe the idea of uh, DraftKings, et cetera. I'm in Vegas. Um, man, thanks for bringing that up, by the way. Oh, I don't want to talk about this. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking whether the, no. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, something very real in my life uh, on that topic <laughs> is sort of going on. Like uh, 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 someone I'm very fond of is dealing with that uh, in a very horrible way, in a the worst way. And it just feels so hopeless. Uh, Grant, no, boy, that was uplifting. And now <laughs> we do a piece. Uh, Grant notes, carried a flashlight from 1992 to 1999. Uh, why was your future bright in my pocket on my keychain? My phone has a flashlight built in, so I don't carry one anymore. Also, mm-hmm. true freedom is not carrying keys or anything but a phone. Okay, I'm gonna do a full pocket check here. Okay, this is the EDC, that's what they call it, right? Dang, that's right. Yep. Okay, so empty yours. You've got, you've got <laughs> clearly, you've, you've got a flashlight, a that's Swiss it. Army knife. That's yeah. it. That's all I got. Okay, and a phone. that's all I have to do. So okay, Kristen, your job is once we empty our pockets and we tell you what's in there, you have to say whose pockets are more on brand. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. For for a Damonized personal brands, mm-hmm. which I think are very established and very distinct. Mm-hmm. Pete the Planner Chapstick, where I lube my own lips with my own likeness. Eye drops for aging eyes. A ridge uh carbon fiber wallet. And oh, this is this is good radio. I'm showing people <laughs> podcast office keys, separate ring, and then a key fob for my car. Okay, so we know Dame's got uh, a knife and a flashlight, and I've got the suburban dad pack. Well, who, who, who's more on brand here? The wallet. You lost me with the wallet, Pete. I feel like the wallet is not on brand. I was Why? expecting like a money clip or no, no it's one of those super thin like elastic yeah. wallet things. It's not like a Oh, okay, okay, is... okay. No, well then this... then I I think Pete, I think that's more on brand. The wallet threw me, but now that I understand, I think Pete, I think that's probably more on brand. I, I am I am a caricature of a ridge wallet carrier, <laughs> very frankly. Like <laughs> Uh, anyway, we should do a financial show. Probably, yeah, yeah that's why we're here. <laughs> what was the first? Oh, am I gonna have to read that question? Okay. Lots also, he pre- said it's normal to carry a flashlight, so I've lost. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I hate when Dame's proven right. Like it's it, it's the worst part of my week every week. <laughs> tell him tell him to have two beers during uh, chores tonight. <laughs> during no. chores. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, got it. And we're going to do a show. And here it goes. What did what did your did my, my dad carried in his? Oh man! See, I'm trying to think about this. Okay, are you ready for my dad's care when I, I was a kid? I bet it's going to be really similar. Uh, my dad carried 
an obnoxious wallet that he had in his back pocket that had to have given him some like late onset scoliosis or something because it would like had him so off kilter <laughs> when he sat down. He carried, I think, maybe a pocket knife, maybe, but he carried a golden rule marble. It was a marble with a brass inscription on it that said, do unto others mm-hmm. as you would have them do unto you. And and I I I have that marble at my house. Um, I think that was his everyday carry. Dame, what, what was your dad? Your dad's uh, a real man. Your dad's yeah. real. Man. So uh, a pocket knife. Uh, he would also have uh, cash, driver's license, and a couple of credit cards, but not in a wallet. Just like the cash wrapped over that stuff. And he would grab a handful of change almost every day and throw it in his pocket. It never made sense to me, but he always wanted some change. So he was, <laughs> just take it, throw it in his pocket, yeah, off and run. I think my dad had a money clip too, now that I say that. Um, and he always had change at the end of the day. I, mean, yes. I don't know what he was buying. Yeah. C- Kristen, what, what was your dad have in his pockets? Um, Very similar to what Dave mentioned. Like, just like this random, like, compilation of bills for whatever reason because my dad's a cash guy and then my dad carried a wallet like what you said Pete. it was like a trifold and it was huge and he was convinced it was giving him sciatica so my sister and i bought him like a thin one and then he didn't use it for like ever um but now he uses like a really thin wallet some random cash probably a chapstick um one or more sets of keys um that's probably it Show starts in five seconds. Deal. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And got to be honest with you, we check that email address. And today we're going to prove you uh, just why why that's true. Uh, Kristen Alanius joins me, uh, a.k.a. Kendall Alanius joins me here on the Pete the Planet Show, as well as Damian Andrew Dunn. Hello, Damian. Hello, Pete. Hello, Kristen. Hello. Hi, Pete. Damian, Kristen. My husband and I are in our 40s. Same. Congratulations. Yeah. Kristen cannot say the same. I first opened Series I bonds accounts at Treasury Direct in 2022, like many, when the rate rose to 9%. I was planning to reinvest again in Series I bonds at least for 2023, but it's been recommended to me to instead put this money towards short-term three- or six-month treasuries instead until we know what the next six-month interest rates for I bonds will be. I think currently Treasury bill rates are around 4.5%. I don't believe I've heard you discuss them on the podcast or radio show before. What do you think? Are these worth the hassle? Uh, Better than a CD? Where do you purchase them? Thanks for all that you do. Love the team. Diana. All right. Um, You know, this actually goes well into what we said we were going to talk about last week, but then I don't know what we got caught up in something more important, apparently. What do we do with our own emergency funds? So, guys, I am looking for, and lady, we I'm looking for very specific things. I did not dollar amounts. I don't think we need to go there, but I'm looking for if there are multiple funds that in aggregate actually equal the emergency fund, I I need I need to know. So, Dame, ladies first, let's hear what you do, Dame. Thanks. <laughs> I I'm I'm pretty straightforward guy. I, I 
use online high yield savings accounts. That's just what I've done for, oh my gosh, uh, probably 15 years or so. Uh, and I've been very happy with it. I love the fact that I'm getting a, a better rate than, than what I'm going to get locally. I love that there's a little bit of a, a process to get at the money if I absolutely need it. And I've never, I've never once thought I can't get to that money fast enough. I can't do it's, it's just nice to have it separated from everything else. I never see it. I don't think about it, but I know it's there if I absolutely want it. So uh, I personally use betterment, uh, betterment right now. I just sent out a notice that their, their savings account, just a straight savings account will soon have a 4% yield on, on that. So just slightly under treasury bill rates, no fees attached to it. No, anything like that. This is not a pitch for betterment. Uh, and then second, I do, I do I know keep it. Some, here it comes. I do keep some cash in the house. <laughs> yeah. But you know, Krav Maga and you've got a flashlight to blind your intruders. It's, it's in a safe. Um, all right. So, so, so there's one saving emergency fund, like one f- account yep. and then there's some cash. All right, Kristen. Oh, these are more names. Sorry, I didn't. I mean, it, it's, it, there's like a, a little, a little bit in savings accounts that the you know the banks that we do business with, but I sure. don't consider those anything. Mm-hmm. So, fair enough. Uh, Kristen, what's your what's your technique here? So pretty similar to Dame, I would say. I keep um, the bulk of my emergency savings um, in that same cash reserve account with Betterment, not just for simplicity's sake, and then I do keep what I call a being an adult being an adult is expensive here's some just in case money that sits with my checking account well because like adult emergencies i feel like tend to happen in like 500 or thousand dollar increments like the car needs new tires or the hot water heater goes out so i keep a little bit of money just so that i don't have to mess with that cash reserve account because it does take a few business days you have to initiate the transfer it's kind of a pain but the bulk of my emergency savings is in that cash reserve account with betterment yeah, that makes sense. Um, so when you, that and, the thing that being an adult isn't expensive, like do you print off like a label from a label maker to being an adult and expensive, here's a little extra cash and then you just put it on that account? Is that how you do it? Usually, yeah. And then I keep a little bit of cash in the house. All right, here's what we do. Uh, by the way, this is where people lose faith in the podcast. Uh, we have a savings account at a, a bank that, I don't really access, but it, it's, it's our, it's probably, I would love to know months. Can, I mean, are, can we, are we guys comfortable sharing months or not, or you don't want to do that? Oh, yeah, like how many you, months of expenses? Yeah. Is, is that account. what you're going for? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So I'll, I'll start and you think about whether you want to share yours. Um, in that count, um, because here's the other element to this that I think is important. I think we've got, oh, I don't know four or five months in one savings account. And then I've got that same adult ex- is expensive account attached to my actual checking account and often the yeah. savings. And then we've got other layers beyond that that are months, five, six, seven, whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. um, are you, are you, again, I'm not t- twisting and beating anybody up here, but like, are you comfortable with how many months are in your, your betterment accounts? Are you willing to say, if not, tell me to pound sand. I, my approach is very similar. So it's like, I have this immediate access to adult emergency money. And then I would say I have like three, four ish in that betterment space. And then I have another account that I put money into for that would be my next layer. If there would be like 
a, a long standing emergency. That money does bear some risk, though. So by definition, I'm not sure how much that counts, but it's very low risk. But then beyond that, like four ish month range, I have another. I don't know, three or so that's taking some risk and I continue to put money into that account as well. Damn. I I used to be right in the same line with both of you, four to five months, but uh, based on some other stuff that's going on in our life mm-hmm. uh, that's gotten chewed down a little bit because we chose to self, uh, yeah, just, just pay for it up front and, and mm-hmm. we'll build it back up over time. But we've got other areas that we could easily come up with cash if we had yeah. to for, for an emergency. So uh, I am, I'm probably most comfortable with, with the four to five, but uh, situation dictated something else and we'll get back to it eventually. Kristen, did you just hear what I heard? Dame's uh, investing in a hair system. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I heard. Uh, it, it's interesting. Um, I used to be of the belief, and I think this is a pretty popular thing in personal finance of, well, I felt like I, I've got six months if we really cut back and go down to the nitty gritty. And then I started thinking about it. And it's like, well, yeah, you would naturally cut back. But I would rather just have that those months representatives to real months like mm-hmm. that are I mean, there's there's prudence in saying, of course, we'd cut back. But I also think it's imprudent to force yourself to cut back. And so that's why I when I think of months now, I think of them as real months, not like, oh, no months. I don't know. I think if I were in a position where I did not have an income source as a my personality, I would have a really hard time making discretionary purchases no me too don't get me wrong i just uh damn no i like optionality (laughs) i like optionality (laughs) i I, you know again kristen i'll say when i when i was your age i felt exactly (laughs) the same as you feel exactly but as someone who is much older i've just evolved in this place of just this honesty with myself of like I want optionality. I just want optionality. I don't want to back myself into a corner. Dame, are you with me or are you more in, are you young like Kristen? No, hundred percent. I, you know, it, it, I like to tell myself the story that if I absolutely had to, and that's what it came to that, you know, throw the brakes on everything and we'd spend very little money, but I'm old and I'm comfortable and I'm set in my ways and I don't know how much I would actually cut back. You know, and I, I, we have a few seconds here before the break and I, I'm opening yet another can of worms from a couple of weeks ago. One of the major discretionary expenses we have in our household are spending on activities for the kids. Mm-hmm. And so like, okay, so we have a financial emergency and now I'm pulling the kids out of all their activities. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Anyway, Here's what we're going to do next. We're actually going to talk about financial confidence, which piggybacks on all of these concepts of how much money do you have available? How do we define financial confidence and how do you, if you have it? That's next. I'm Pete the Planner. I missed a couple words in there when it was coming out. <laughs> the end. But, ha, ha, ha. Okay. Um, so I have this thing. There's a home by our office that it's about a mile and a half from our office down Meridian street, just South of 86th street in Indianapolis. And there's a house being built mm-hmm. and there's a sign in front of the house. This is a private residence. And the sign just says coming soon, but <laughs> it's someone's property 
Like I can't, like, I, I'm like, what is, is that the biggest waste of money ever? Is that someone put a coming soon sign, like a big formal coming soon sign. It's not oh. a neighborhood. It's like this person thinks other people care about the timing of this home build. It's, it's really conspicuously odd. Do you think it's well, the builder? Well, you just talked about it. But the, uh, it, it is odd though. I mean, it's so odd uh, Dame, I've thought that too, but the, all it says is coming soon. There's no branding. Really? Yeah, right. That, that Yes, there's no branding. I should have said that. It just says coming soon with no colors, no logos, nothing. Is it the one on the east side of the road? Uh, west side of the road as you're heading south. Well, well yeah, west side of the road. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you can see it you with glitched. your flashlight. <laughs> You just shine your flashlight out the window as you're going by. We're like, coming soon. And then you go and carve out this coming soon with your knife. Then I come but by and it's like, man, I got an eye drop. They got you to talk about it. So that, that used to be a really, and maybe it still is, a really common marketing technique is like. What are they marketing? That, what, what are they marketing? Yeah, there's nothing there. Uh, I don't know. Come maybe on, it's somebody really famous. I don't know. <laughs> Did you look up who owns the house? Yeah, because I have time to start going to Redfin, looking up houses. Oh, no, no, no. You go to your county assessor's website. Come yeah. on, Pete. Right. <laughs> Hello. Wait, you can do that? <laughs> Absolutely, you can. What is wrong with you stalkers? Um, I know a lot of people who do that. Well, you don't ever you're drive... a coven of stalkers. You don't ever drive by a house and think, I could maybe want to live there someday. I wonder who owns that. And you don't no. look it up? No, yeah, Pete's got everything he wants. I oh, guess <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dame, I am gonna. I would stab you the next time I saw you, but you can defend yourself. Yeah. James, no, it's interesting thought experiment. <laughs> what personal indulgence would be the hardest to give up Ooh. in a financially tight situation? Oh my gosh, I think, I think we we're gonna go the next segment to that. That's an interesting <laughs> conversation. I already know Kristen's. Um. Why Caitlin's oh Caitlin oh, sister she looks also stalks people. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. We're gonna come back with that question from James. I think that's a really interesting question. Okay, so we gotta actually probably shape it a little bit. So we'll do what what personal indulgence is would be the hardest to give up. And then we needed like another question to bookend it. What and then we'll do confidence maybe next week or something. What, what what's the second one? Um it can't be the easiest thing to give up because that's just silly. It's like, oh, I won't go to Chick-fil-A. Uh, whatever. You know, like what would you what would you want your spouse or significant other to give up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the one. Oh okay. no. Oh, oh no. Boy. Oh Lord. Um, I will oh, know. I think no. I said this. Um, you remember like four or five weeks ago, I was like, Man, I hope Miss Planner's not listening. And I laughed because she never listens to the show. I came home that day. She, for the first time in like 10 years, she literally <laughs> listened to the show that day live as it's, as we're recording it. And she like, and I was like, oh, <laughs> you picked the wrong day to listen, honey. And I, she your hair looks thinks nice. She like that, like all the time. Well, Just she's, like, she's well. known me a while. <laughs> <laughs> Name how, Dame, how long have you known uh, Mrs. Advice? Uh, I've known her 23 years. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Planner and I met in the fall of 96. 
So what's that? 27 years come out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was a wee 18 year old. Oh, same, same, same guy just looked like I hadn't gone through like a nuclear accident. Um, okay. <laughs> That's probably offensive to somebody, but whatever. Um, did I tell you last week on the show that I'm re-addicted to the show, Madam Secretary? Have I mentioned this to you all? No. Mm-mm. The sitcom, I'm binge watching six seasons of Madam Secretary like it's an audiobook. I That's just have a sitcom? Plain... Uh, oh, did I say sitcom? Yeah. I meant drama uh, okay. whatever, like a show. I don't know. What it... But did you also say again, you've already seen it? I've seen it. I'm watching all six <laughs> seasons again. There's 24 episodes in a season. So what is six don't. times 24? I'm I'm Four. I don't know. Oh, times twenty four. I thought yeah. you were dividing. I don't know. Hundred and fifty. It's a hundred and forty eight, I think. Uh, or something like hundred and forty four. I'm watching yeah, hundred and forty four. I uh, I'm watching a hundred and they're all about fifty minutes. Let's see how much of my life I'm wasting here. Okay. Oh no. hundred and forty four episodes times fifty minutes. <laughs> Seventy two hundred. I'm spending hundred and twenty hours of my life re watching that show. Why? I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's like, okay. You doing push-ups or anything during this? Just try and. <laughs> Does it look like I'm doing? You know what? Ask he got a walking pad and see how hard you get shoved. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to get tickled. Oh, I will. Kristen, if you were getting in a like a physical altercation with someone, oh boy, and and then their defense was just to start tickling, you'd stop fighting them, right? 100 percent yeah that's my technique if i ever get accosted <laughs> i'll just tickle and they'll be like what is wrong with you and then i'm fine and my my loved ones are fine dame you'll learn that when you graduate krav maga that's yeah, the last i'm sure lesson that's they you know, level five or six yeah and they say all this is for naught all you have to do is tickle i'm the master splinter of krav maga like really it's the final it's the final threshold of defense is tickling <laughs> Oh Dave, if I got a, if I got attacked and I went to tickle someone and then they beat the tar out of me, would you want to watch the video of that? If there was like a camera above from a building, would you want to see it? Of Knowing course, that I, just, I, I would want yeah, to learn dead. from this. I would want to learn from the situation and yeah, see what okay. what what could have possibly gone wrong with that that <laughs> method. Oh boy, you'd have to come watch the live stream of the show just as because we play the video, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, we play that video. We, I mean, we'd blur out the face of the attacker, of course, to keep to keep the, their privacy intact. But yeah, Kristen, has it become clear to both you and Jeremiah that I don't have something immediately following the show today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it took us about eleven minutes to start 13, the yeah. first segment. Yeah, <laughs> in three, two, one, back on the Pete the Planner show. You know, during the break. We're all, we, 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 we record this via live stream, Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitter. And, and during the live stream, one of, one of our dear listeners, James, uh, who is uh, viewing this on YouTube Live, asked a really interesting question. And so we are throwing away the financial confidence uh, segment that we are going to do. And instead, James wins. His question is, what personal indulgence would be the hardest thing to give up in a financially tight situation. Okay, so that is number one. And then we decided that we needed to add another question to that to really round out the segment. So it is, what is your special friend slash significant other slash, slash spouse? What 
what would they, well, how are we saying that? What would we want them to give up? Is that yeah. how we're saying it? Okay. <laughs> oh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> All right. So, um, Kristen, here's what we're, here's how we're going to play this. Okay. Each of us gets to choose one person to ask the one they want to hear from the most. Like I want to hear Kristen's, um, friends thing that she wants <laughs> that person to give up. That's what I want to hear the most. Kristen, which of these do you want to hear the most? What I want to give I, up? What my wife, who do you want to give up? Who do you want to hear? I want to know what would be hard for Dame to give up. Okay, that's a that's good. Dame, what what do you want to hear the most? I want to hear what you would have Mrs. Planner give up just because I know it's going to cause pain and turmoil at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's a good. That's good. Okay. I I, I mean I Okay. Okay. Kristen, <laughs> we're starting with you. Actually, let's let's just let's give you an eye break. Dame, what are you giving up? What what personal indulgence are you willing to give up in a financially tight situation? You can tell me if this is or isn't an indulgence, but I think if it's a personal I think it's a really tight situation, it it might qualify. I think giving up internet at home would be really, really tough. Is that indulgence? But if you use if you're only using it for personal stuff at that point streaming you know whatever it is I, it because it impacts the whole family at that point is it an I'm, indulgence or not i mean it's more of a utility it's like giving up electricity for someone that doesn't carry a flashlight in their pocket yeah. <laughs> but but i guess it is how do you use it is it just for entertainment and recreation at that point there's there's channels on over the air tv pete you can still get some entertainment okay. there Okay, so if the internet is the medium, what service is it that's going to be really hard for you to give up? Like, is it Hulu Live? There we like, go. Just, what is it? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know if I could pick just one. I mean, there's a, <laughs> probably YouTube for the family, I, just for uh, all this, the stupid videos I watch and I guess they don't really pay. Kids don't do YouTube very much anymore. They're they're into apps at this point. So maybe, maybe it would just be YouTube. Well, okay. So Dame is saying streaming services would be the toughest Stream. thing. Yeah, yeah let's go with streaming services. There we go. Okay. Uh, I'll go. The question for me <laughs> is, what would I want Mrs. Planner to give up? What indulgence? Oh, Lord. This is bad. I wish I would have thrown uh, Dame under the bus. Well, we'll <laughs> get there. Don't get, don't worry. We're going to get there. I, I will note this, that generally in our household, I'm the spender and she's the saver. So she like, I, I'm more frivolous with money than she is. I, I don't know if I, it's worth any, I mean, just probably athleisure. <laughs> like, <laughs> she is accumulator of athleisure clothing. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that I'm. I'll I'll go with that. I'll, I'll go with. Is do we need another pair of yoga pants? I mean, hmm. I'm not mad, but I'm just saying, like, whatever. Uh, Kristen, off of me here. <laughs> uh, your friend. Yeah. W- what indulgence would you uh, want them to give up? I'll probably show this clip later, and it's really hard to pick one. I just I just want to throw that out there. Um, I would probably say. Uh, collectibles in general oh yeah well this um, is this is uh, a sequel I, from the show last week ideally uh, ideally toy tractors or baseball cards those would be nice 
<laughs> but but if I'm picking something more serious and easier and something that I would really prefer to not be a habit at all is that a friend of mine has a uh, tobacco habit that I would yeah, prefer sure. would go. Well, that crosses into a different area. Yeah. I mean, it's, yes. It's, Dame, uh, what would be Mrs. Advices that you would want her to give up? She hasn't. She's done really, really well with this recently. But there was a point in time where I felt like we were bringing home a new purse about every month. And, oh, uh, it, it was it was it was rough. I had a, a hard time understanding that. But she's done much, much better. So uh, that's probably still what I would lean into. though. <laughs> Uh, for me, what'd be the toughest thing to give up? Toughest thing to give up. Um, like, like really good food ingredients to make good meals at home. Like there's like an old dumb thing of like, can't afford steak. I can only afford hamburger. (laughs) You know, like that sort of thing. Like, but like, I like good food. I like good ingredients. And so like, if I can't go buy, I don't know, a really nice piece of fish, something like that. That would like I would, I'd bum me out. Can I ask you a follow-up on that? Yes, sir. Do you uh, have a, a gas stove or an electric? Gas. So would that be harder if somebody forced you to go to electric? Would that be an indulgence that you would? Uh... But it doesn't cost me anything. Like the diff- cost difference doesn't matter to me. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. All right, Kristen, um, what indulgence would be the hardest for you to give up? Um, I would say going or picking up carry out when I'm not going to cook. Yeah. Cause I, I work a decent amount and on a Friday, I don't like to cook on Friday and I don't like to cook on Sundays. That would be hard. All right. I thought, thought you were going to say caffeine. Um, yeah, but I drink pretty cheap coffee. So like, yeah, it's something that I drink, but like I, I'll drink Walmart coffee. Like I'm fine with that. So um, last week in my Indianapolis business journal column, I I wrote about where people find financial confidence. Like uh, do they find it in their income? Do they find it in their ability to get out of jams? And like for, for us around here at your money line, where all three of us happen to work, we're really doing a lot of research and study around like what gives a person financial confidence. Like, well, how do they move forward with any sort of faith in themselves? And so we're, we're really digging into this. Um, so for me, income, I think is where, I think there's three places that people primarily find it. Income is number one. I think a person looks at their income and either has a certain level of confidence in that, or they lack confidence based on their income. So that's number one. Number two is permission-based confidence where someone you're doing business with allows you to transact and that in itself feels like confidence. You can buy this car. You can afford this mortgage. This store credit card got approved. And so you find what's like, well, the gap wouldn't let me borrow $500 if I wasn't stable. So it's, it's that sort of thing. And then finally... And this was the sticky one, and and we're going to talk a little bit uh, about this after the break, just setting up the next segment here, is what was modeled for you in childhood and adolescence? So if you were the beneficiary of your parents' stability 
it's possible you actually appropriated their confidence. And then going into your young adult life, you didn't actually have stability. You just had the confidence of someone who had a very comfortable adolescence. So I think that is really complex. And I think it is a thing where a person's like, oh yeah, things have always worked out for me. And it's like, I'm going to shush your lips here and let you know that things worked out for you because someone else was doing the work and you were just the beneficiary of it. So coming up after the break, I go, we got a bunch of emails on this topic because it was in my column and I asked people to email me. So we're going to explore what other people think about financial confidence, including Damon Kristen. I'm Pete the Planner. Is that the most professional 30 seconds in the history of our show? I think so. It's up there. God, I feel like I'm, I have a fever or something. What just happened? I think the station's <laughs> going to use that clip to uh, to try and sell us to other stations for syndication, and then they're going to hear the show after they they buy us, and they're going to be like, that's not what we bought. I got to be honest with you guys. I felt like I just spoke in tongues. <laughs> that's what it felt like. <laughs> like I got done. I was like, what? Huh? Oh. That's a fun topic to joke about. Um, <laughs> I'm not but, joking. I'm just saying like I wouldn't. I'm uh, <clears throat> Anyway, what you want to move on? <laughs> Same, Brian. Same. Oh man! All right, Dame. Let's do this. Let's read the conflict. Let's move on to the show. Let's just keep going here because <laughs> I do want to make sure that I have time left in my life. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planet show, talking financial confidence. What gives you? financial confidence what gives people financial confidence is it your credit score gosh i hope not that's permission-based confidence is it your income i kind of get it but that can falter as well because there's no stability there or is it how you were raised and you know so i'll go to my two experts here Kristen, you dig through people's financial lives just like dame and i do and like what do you think are some overarching ways in which people either have confidence or don't have confidence in, in their financial decision-making? I would say something that's pretty common in our work, so there's a lens of bias here, is a lot of the time people feel like they might need outside permission from someone who's unbiased. Because someone might be capable and confident, but without hearing it from like a member of our team, I think sometimes people feel like they might not be ready to make a decision or they might not be making the right decision. You know, that's interesting. I, I'm going to, uh, so uh, we have a board of directors here at our organization, a very accomplished board of directors, people who know what they're doing and uh, very successful. Uh, and as we try to grow our organization, um, occasionally I get confidence from their validation of what mm -hmm. we're doing. So, so that resonates with me, Kristen, like what you just said, I'm like, okay, I actually, I get that, right? Of like, I think this is right. What do you think? Oh, that's absolutely right. Confidence. And then you mm -hmm. you go forward. Dame, what what else do you see? I mean, you, you dig through people's lives as well. I, I don't see this very often, but I think it's a really interesting one is that sometimes people get confidence from mirroring other people's lives that they, they see, uh, that they know and the friends. And so they they go out and they they buy similar stuff and they they do similar things go on similar vacations mm -hmm. they have no insight to that person's or that family's financial true true financial um 
capability or stability or anything of that nature. But since they run in the same circles and the other family, the, the mirrored family gives a sense of accomplishment and security and, um, they, they, they gravitate to it towards it and it gets, gets people in trouble sometimes. Yeah. I, I think what you're talking about is, is stick with me for like 10 <clears throat> seconds. Uh, it's keeping up with the Joneses adjacent. Mm-hmm. It, you, what you're not talking about is keeping up with the Joneses because this isn't about I. It, it's right. really as it's really that litmus to, or or maybe that measuring stick of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well that makes sense for them. It must make sense for us. It's it's much more pragmatic than it is wanting something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you everybody runs in typically runs in similar socioeconomic circles. And it's very easy to just yeah, take a look around the room, see, see how people are doing, see how you think people are doing, and judge your own circumstances based off of appearances. Maybe you have a little bit of insight into their financial lives. Maybe you don't, but your mind starts working overtime, and you figure, well, my gosh, that makes sense for them. Probably makes sense for me. You know, sometime on the show, I don't know what broke this loose in my brain just now, but sometime, not today, I'd love to talk about how different siblings view each other's financial lives. Mm-hmm. Like this will be tough for Dame. Dame, you're an only child. Uh, and like, I just think it's interesting as, as, as we will we'll deal with that another day. Here's an email I got. Mr. Dunn. It's like, why are they emailing my father? Uh, I'm responding to your request for answers to the question of what gives me confidence uh, for your, our financial life. I'll list several separate, but intertwined factors. Okay. So this is, this is a really interesting email. Uh, my wife and I have lived below our means for our, our long marriage. Okay, so that's that's number one. Uh, number two, we have maxed out retirement contributions to IRAs, 401ks. I was grandfathered into a pension from a major international company. Our investments chosen by with a financial planner are diverse, quality-based, and long-term. We have used the same fee-based financial planner for over 10 years who created income and growth profile for us. We're fortunate to be in a secure housing environment with predictable expenses. Our aggregate investments should keep our inflation adjusted and modified net worth north of $3 million. We've lived moderately and calculated our retirement correctly. We have been rational and patient in investing. And I, I read all of those things and I think, yeah, 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 <laughs> that's actually, that yeah. is, that is not only stability, but the person has confidence in their documented stability. Mm-hmm. And that's one that we just glossed completely over. Your income is not documented stability. It's a, it's a, it's a repeatable, somewhat repeatable resource. What this person just painted a picture of is confidence in knowledge Right. Confident, confidence in, in awareness is maybe where I go with that. No? Yeah. Dame and I, yeah, Dame and I kind of had this conversation <laughs> about the intersection of competence, confidence, Ooh. and capability. Because what does someone do if they start there? Because this example was like, we have always like lived below our means. What if you start with this permission-based confidence that you mentioned in the column and that we've just talked about? How do I undo this permission-based confidence that I've launched my life on? Do I still have the capability to turn that, to turn that around, I guess would be the way to say it. Cause I think capability is part of this conversation. Well, that, that's what uh, that's really insightful because that's where the income thing runs off the rails to me, because mm-hmm. at some point 
you're going to be incapable of executing potentially because of a loss or, or decrease of income. Mm-hmm. Mm, Dame, thoughts? Uh, when we had this conversation yesterday, I was <laughs> I, mind blown, probably not uh, the right phrase, but really introspective at that point. Because if you think of a Venn diagram of those three things, confidence, competence, and capability, it's really interesting. This person, I think, models that very, very well. But if you've only got two of those, any of those three characteristics that you can apply to yourself, there's a deficiency. And ideally, we want to have all three of those. We want to be right smack in the middle of that Venn diagram. Because if you are, let's say, confident and uh, competent, but not capable, you're not oh. going to, we, we have to worry about, we have to try and get you to where you're capable. Maybe it's an income shortage. Maybe it's something else. If you're capable and confident, but not competent, you may make a ton of money. Just like you said, that income thing, you've got it there, but you're not doing what you need to be doing. So you can go through that and run scenarios and examples all you want, but the intersection in that Venn diagram is the sweet spot in my estimation. Boy, you guys are blowing my mind a little bit. You know, and it actually goes to this next email because this is where one of those falls apart. Great article, Pete. I hated it. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> um, no, I no, I just hated how it made me think and feel. My dad wasn't good with money, permission-based confidence. My ex wasn't good with money, income justification. And my current husband is of the problem-solving MacGyver method, which you just figure it out. And I have a little bit of all three most mostly income justification and aspirational purchasing, which goes back to what Dane was saying. But I've been too lucky. I've been rescued several times, once by a great job, another time by generous child support, a freelance gig, second income hooked me up, a life insurance payout, bonuses, and a huge raise. Man, that's the, it always works out. Mm -hmm. Man, this is wild. I love my, I know, I love, what am I talking about? I know my luck is going to run out and it scares me that I might make a mistake, especially since I'm 47. My hubby is 59. Uh, so where's my confidence coming from? Faith that I will have the strength of mind to plan well and spend well. Assurance that I am learning to do better through articles like yours. Well, you don't have to say that. Uh, Elvast and, and YNAB and in the Wall Street Journal. Plus, I have a governmental job, which helps. Um, but I got to tell you, Pete, my confidence is dwindling with every budget tweak, grocery store visit, and medical bill. Wow. I mean, first of all, you ever, like I don't, this person, I have no reason to think they're a writer that they write with. Really well written email. I always appreciate a well written email. Um, Who's this from? Does they leave a name? No, they don't. Um, fascinating, right? Because I don't think all three elements are there. I mean, is capable there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You guys have frustrated me now that I think about this too, because I'm in the midst of a book where there's two, <laughs> there's two level levers, and now there's a third. Thank Sorry. you. Thank you very much. Coming up after the break, I get angered at my co-hosts and the biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner Show. You guys are jerks. You just like. Oh, Pete, those 6,000 words you have written, just <laughs> throw them away. Well, what's the matter? What do you do? It, it can be uh, the, the revised edition that comes out a month after the first one hits the shelves. <laughs> the second uh, edition. Uh, okay. Do you have a bomb? I do. Of course I do. Okay. I mean, 
not of course I do, but I do have a ball. Let's start because the show is running long today because I'm Chatty Cathy. Uh, and three, two, oh, wait, where'd it go? Oh, it's not in the thing. I Yes, I have it, but let me get ready to share it. Hold on. Can, it, it, Kristen, oh, Kindle, can you entertain? Can you enter? Can you entertain people while I do? I this? cannot no. entertain the people. I am neither funny nor fun. We've established this. On many right, you're a great radio host. All right, here we That's go. Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner Show, is the Alessi Caster pencil sharpener. Beavers are known for constructing dams and chewing down trees for building materials. Colombian designer Rodrigo Torres uses the small water-bound animal as inspiration for a playful approach to an office essential. The Alessi Caster pencil sharpener is made from chrome-plated zamac using a refined metal working process. Shaped like a beaver, a pencil is inserted into the beaver where it's chiseled down to a fine point as if it were a log. Okay, Kristen, the queen of the worst guesses in the world. That's true. What do you think a beaver pencil sharpener costs? I don't care how much it costs. It's too much. This is probably the best, biggest waste of money I think you've ever come up with, even if the copy was pretty good. And I'm going to go with 50 bucks. 50 American dollars, says the Beaver Queen. Dame, <laughs> what say you? First of all, I have a big problem with this because it doesn't look like you put the pencil in the beaver's mouth to sharpen it. What? What? Yes, it does. Yes, Where? it does. At the top. Like, at the, like. That's at the literally the, the beaver's unit. mouth. That's the beaver's mouth. Okay, whatever. It goes I, like down the top. I your just, eyes are aging. Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, but uh, Good visual reference for the radio, by the way, too. Yeah. Awesome. Two, Good job. 250 bucks. What? Uh, the beaver pencil sharpener is $80. Kristen ah. was the closest. Dane, what's in the news this week? Time to celebrate, Pete. Three Indiana cities led the Wall Street Journal slash Realtor.com Emerging Housing Market Index in the fourth quarter last year. Lafayette, Indiana, Fort Wayne, mm -hmm. Indiana, and Elkhart, Indiana, no. uh, followed by Topeka, Kansas, and Johnson City, uh, were the, uh, the top five. The index identifies the top metro areas for home buyers seeking an appreciating housing market, a strong local economy, and an appealing lifestyle and amenities. The top-ranked markets had more page views per property, faster home sales, and lower unemployment than the market as a whole. May, may I uh, heap praise upon these community leaders? Yes. These cities you just named, at least the ones in Indiana, aren't necessarily known uh, to be in something like this. Like So that took a lot of foresight and effort and cooperative action um so kudos to all those communities i mean that's remarkable like that's i mean again it's a bs award or whatever it's a ranking <laughs> but i'll still say it is indicative of something and it's generally indicative of focus and, and getting the community behind you so congrats to those places yeah i think it shows an underlying uh just a statistic or metric i should say of of things that are likely going right in those communities so great job I, I, we, we've talked about this, I think, on the show before. Indianapolis became a sports, the amateur sports capital of the world because city leaders back in the early 80s were like, this is what we're going to do. 
and it worked. Like it's, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I find, I find that sort of leadership at the local government uh, level so impactful. Yeah. The U.S. government likely awarded $5.4 billion in COVID-19 aid to people with questionable social security numbers, a federal watchdog said in a report released on Monday. The watchdog, the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, or PRAC, said it identified 69,323 questionable social security numbers used to obtain $5.4 billion from the Small Business Administration's COVID-19 Economic Injury Injury Disaster Loan Program and PPP, Paycheck Protection Program. But if that number doesn't catch your eye, in September, the Inspector General for the U.S. Labor Department said fraudsters likely stole $45.6 billion from the United States Unemployment Insurance Program during the coronavirus outbreak by applying tactics like using Social Security numbers of deceased individuals. Okay, the three of us all survived the business aspects of this time together, did we not? Mm-hmm. We were all in it together, the three of us and, and, and many others here. And you remember the stress, <laughs> you remembered like just all of those times. And I know there are a lot of businesses like ours, you, you know, and, and, and much worse shape than ours all over the country that got help and got relief and, and stayed in business, and all these sorts of things. But we also knew <laughs> when this was announced, we knew this would happen, but it was one of those things of like, is it the baby with the bathwater thing? Do you like, how do you prevent it while also helping the people that needed help? Is there any way, Dame? I don't think so. We, we knew it was going to happen. There were reports of this going on while loans were still being dispersed. Mm-hmm. And I, without i mean there there is a potential way pete we i think you and i discussed it at one point unfortunately it just makes the process take a long time and that's not what we needed people needed uh, small businesses needed the ability to get some cash in their accounts to keep things afloat and that's going to come with some some slop and unfortunately that's what we're dealing with yeah kristen how do you get your head around it Uh, is there I don't know how much this is so bad because when we talk about government money, I just assume that in the grand scheme of things, it's not actually a lot of money and maybe I'm just out of touch and that's fine. But like, what kind of percentage are we talking about here? It it sounds like a lot, a lot of money and it is, don't get me wrong, but as a percent, like what was the percent of fraud? Do we know? Come on, Dame. Um, I I don't know. How about this? How about this angle? people love to get mad at the government and its inefficiencies (laughs) and they love to get mad at the malfeasance and the even shady stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But this story is really about us getting mad at our, at Americans, right? Right. This story is about, (laughs) yeah. And it, and sure you can say, well, where's the oversight true. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but this is, this is our own people being terrible (laughs) to each other. Like right. terrible. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, and think about think about this. And I have no idea where I'm about to go here, so this will be fun. <laughs> we've all loved arguing with each other about politics over the last six years. Like we, oh, we love it. We we just hate each other. We, we is this not worse? Is 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 something like this not actually worse? Because you 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 have a a principal disagreement with someone. Okay, but you're actually stealing money from people. Like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, I have no idea what I'm saying. No. 
If your kid happens to be in public school in Portland, Dallas, Los Angeles, or Oakland and is talking, uh, sorry, taking a personal finance workshop in the coming months, ask them if they caught sight of one of the founders of the program. If he's 6'4 and more than 300 pounds and looks like an NFL defensive tackle, that's because he is one. That'd be Indomitian Sue, 36, an American football player who strikes fear into the hearts of opposing teams as much as Sue enjoys sacking quarterbacks and tackling running backs is... Eagles are on the playoff push hoping well they did reach the Super Bowl that's a maybe a slightly old article uh, there is something that he enjoys just as much teaching children about financial literacy quote they need to understand how to take care of their finances said Sue whose Sue Family Foundation with wife Katya uh, is partnering with the firm into it to bring personal finance curriculum to schools around the US quote especially in marginalized communities this can be a tough conversation to have so I want to bring some light to it Sue's main advice for kids, keep it simple. Spend only what you need and save the rest, he said. Learn to create and grow generational wealth, which I'm, uh, which is what I'm trying to do for my twin baby boys. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Seek mentorship. Like my mom always taught me, don't be afraid to ask questions because there are no stupid questions. So nice little feel-good story, Pete. Somebody who's trying to give back to communities and uh, instill some, some good financial habits from a very, very young age. What I am about to say, I believe to be true. Oh, no. I think I've heard this. I think it's true, what I'm about to say. <laughs> but this is how rumors start. I had this conversation with my 13-year-old daughter last night. Um, I believe one of Dominican Sue's mentors is actually Warren Buffett because Dominican Sue played football at Nebraska. And mm-hmm. we all know that the uh, Oracle of Omaha is Warren Buffett. I believe there's a connection there. And I would also note that Dominican Sue is one of the most fined players in NFL history for dirty play. So how do you explain that in a personal finance course? That's all we have time for this week on the show. Here, oh, oh, all we have is good vibes because it's all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner Show. Little nuggets, you know? Who knew? Good for him. Fun. Yeah, Yeah, it is remarkable. I got to go. Same. Greg, Aqua Greg, coworker, mm-hmm. saw him in the hall for the show. And uh, I was like, what do you do today? And he said, uh, well, I uh, went to a coffee shop, a new coffee shop up in Fisher. So I was like, okay. I was like, what, what do you do? good? He's like, yeah, yeah. He said, I had a drink called the Spicy Snowman. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said, Greg, why, why are you telling me this? Because my hands are, t- I have to bring this up on the radio. Like my hands are tied. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't help you at this point. A grown man ordered a spicy snowman on a Friday morning. Hmm. It's a grown man. Yeah. Good for him. I support you, Greg. Why? I mean, when you, you can go up to the counter. It's like the guy in front of you is like, "Yeah, I'll have uh, a Colombian blend, uh, some medium, please." And then a Greg goes up. He's like, "Um, tell me about your spicy snowman." Like it just seems, <laughs> just seems <laughs> so on brand. It's so Did he drink it through a say- straw? Yeah, probably. <laughs> On brand. Okay, I got to go. Um, thank you for all of your lives. Um, good day to you. Oh, stay getting money.